Time of the Preacher. An audio journey through the Preacher television series from episode one to the end of the world. Welcome, welcome to episode nine of Time of the Preacher. We are broadcasting live from the basement of the Kitty Cat Club in New Orleans, Louisiana. My name is Thomas James, and I'm joined by Jason Ritz. How's it going, Jay? It's good. Kitty Cat Club, huh? I like that. Okay. <laughs> the basement. The basement. By Specifically. Where God is. Speci- yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Or whatever the hell is going on down there. <laughs> All right. I mean, down here. <laughs> So what, so what are we doing, Thomas? Uh, so what are we doing? Well, we are uh, re-watching season one and two of Preacher in anticipation and preparation for season three, the assumed. I'm going to stop calling it the anticipated and hopeful because, I mean, I think it's assumed at this point because they've got, you know, the filming location and all that. So I'm just going to say season three. Okay. I'm not going to qualify it anymore. They, I mean, they they haven't announced yet. Correct. But we're uh, we're we're assuming. Right. I mean, by the time this comes out to the public, they will have announced. So I might as well just assume. I might as well just say it. Right. Well, <laughs> well, what can well what concerns me is I was looking at the IMDb page for Preacher, and usually they'll ha- like the next season coming up. Mm-hmm. They'll have like I guess once it's announced. Yeah. Because I'll look at shows and it will have like the season that hasn't aired yet. Yeah. And it won't have any information on it other than like episode one and it will say like January twenty eighteen or mm-hmm. whatever. And Preacher right now doesn't have an episode uh, season three mm-hmm. listed at all. Yeah. But I so, uh, another funny thing, because I, I typically I don't do research on the shows, I just watch them and then we talk. Um but I was looking at the IMDB page on on this episode in particular. And there was something that struck me funny. Um, on IMDb, there's a thing called a parent's guide, which which is for parents to read to, you know, what are the bad things that are in this episode or whatever. <laughs> and their parent's guide says, sex and nudity. We see an old lady turning her back. As the camera zooms in, we see that she's wearing nothing on her bottom half. Which is true. This but we also see this for this episode of Preacher, mm-hmm. which is true. But we also see a bloody head rolling down a hallway. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> it, it, that it, should be the first thing, I suppose. Yeah, as I say, no mention. Of, that's the only thing they mentioned was you see an old lady butt. I would start right? with the head. I mean, there's some fingers too, but I'd open with the head. For yeah, parents. Parents want to know about it, the head first. It, tons of blood and gore, and the head rolling down, and fingers falling off, and everything. This is a great episode yeah. for that. But the only thing. Listed under, you know, parents' guide is naked lady butt, right. old naked lady butt. So, <laughs> so, you know. uh, I'm going to stop you at naked lady butt because I know you want to keep talking about the naked lady butt. However, to finish answering your question, we are preacher enthusiasts, and we are we just want to talk about the TV show because we love it. When we get to season three, we're going to be doing more episode by episode uh, discussions. And we just happen to be doing a single episode today, but uh, we've been working through season one and two as rewatch and in more in groups of episodes as it seemed to make sense. And uh, if you uh, if this appeals to you, find us on iTunes or if you are listening on, on, on iTunes, be sure to, um, you know, find us and maybe leave a review. And of course, so uh, <laughs> 
Was that a transformer in the background? I used the voice. Oh, okay. You used the voice. Yeah. Okay. And we have a Facebook page. Yes, facebook.com yes. slash time of the preacher. Slash time of the preacher. There you go. <clears throat> we do have that already. Um, and and like you're saying, like, you know, we've reviewed season one. We've done the first, what, three episodes or four, five episodes of season two so far. And, and typically we kind of make large leaps. Like, you know, we have two episodes, three episodes, four episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time we're doing just one episode. We're doing season two. Episode six. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, I, you and I were talking off air that, you know, like tonight we didn't have a lot of time to watch several episodes and then whatever. But um, I ended up watching six and seven and <gasps> and doing just six actually makes a lot of sense. Oh, good. Um, because in, in, the, in the next episode, we get uh, hair, the hair star story and we get the grail story really starts happening. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. not touched in this episode. And this episode is also kind of like a finale for the Saint of Killers right now. Right. So this is this is truly kind of just a standalone episode anyway. Um, and then the next one, we'll, I'm sure we'll do three or four episodes uh, next time because we'll go through the whole the the Grail story, the majority of the Grail story. Yeah. Um, Here, wait, but let me let me let me try the voice again first, because uh, I I didn't do it right the first time, and it's not going to work if I don't do it right because. That that was like a that was like a one pardre, and okay. I wanted to I want people to go to iTunes for real and subscribe. <laughs> uh, you have to do it in in unison. I get it. Okay, you know I do do some editing and post. We can I could you no, don't have to no, jump no. through those hoops. No, <laughs> no post. No post. Okay, is, only top quality audio for our listeners. This is live, man. It's live, okay. live, live from the basement of the Kitty Cat Club. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so, anyway. So yes, today we are just talking about uh, season two, episode six. Correct. Correct. And we open in, uh, you know, very domestic scene. Tulip is making pancakes. Isn't no? Actually, the no, opening no, no, is no. not there. We're not there yet. We 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 open no. with kind of a prelude, uh, with the whole the selling of souls. I apologize. Right. Right, we open um, with our our Japanese uh, guy. Um, I never, I don't think. I, to be honest with you, I watched episode six twice today, so I've I've seen this twice because I watched it early today and I made my notes and stuff. And then we said, "Oh, we're going to record tonight," so I I watched it um, with you about an hour ago, just as a refresher, like as to keep it fresh, right? Um, <laughs> like we do, like we do, and. Um, I don't think his name is actually mentioned. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure his name's not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see the the Japanese guy, mm-hmm. um, and he's with a family, um, and he's and, and it's the, very the clinical. soul merchant. We can call him the soul merchant. The soul merchant. There you go. And he's being very clinical with the family, right? Like they're obviously they've decided that they're going to sell part of the man's soul because uh, they need money and whatever. And 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 but it does seem like like he's very doctors, smooth though. Yeah, it's like doctor's bedside manner. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we can do this and we could take this much. You know, we could take 10%, but 15% pays double. Right. And right. there is no pay and there's no long-term side effects after the thousands of trials we've done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very clinical. So so you see the soul merchant. Um, he makes that deal. He takes 15% of that guy's soul. And, and we see he puts it in the vial and he goes into his truck filled with vials and vials and vials of souls. Um, 
so we see that, and then the very next scene is naked lady butt, old naked lady butt. Yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> before we get again, <laughs> oh my god, you just cannot wait to get at the naked lady. Butt. I, that should be the title of this episode, naked lady butt. <laughs> but um, before we get to the beloved naked lady, beloved naked lady butt, uh, there's the the great line that comes at least twice in this episode where they're talking about the selling of your soul and where he goes you won't even miss it which i think is is kind of a for some reason feels like a chilling line um especially when it says it later to jesse Mm. and it actually kind of reminds me of a chilling line that we never ever talked about with of uh eugene's back in season one where he's talking about how he Jesse's asking him, you dug all the way up from hell? And he says, it's not far. Mm. And it's just these little small throwaway lines where it just makes everything feel really close. And, and, uh, I don't know something. Yeah. But that wasn't Eugene saying it. it that was, no, I just, know. I know that. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but no, it's a great line. Oh, it was, it's a, not that it was far. a deeper comment just buried in a, in a throwaway kind of. Yeah. Making converse like small talk kind of line. No, I hear you. So, so we see him. We see him take the soul for the man. He, he pays fifty thousand uh, dollars for fifteen percent. One hundred fifty thousand. I could swear it's just fifty. No, I, I read it very closely. Okay, was it one hundred fifty? Yeah. Shit, fifteen percent of my. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember I was doing the math. It's like okay, so that was seventy-five for for uh, just what ten percent or no? Yeah. Ten percent, and then yeah. then one hundred. Uh-huh. 50 for for 15 percent serious william burroughs used to say um uh anyone can sell their soul but the devil doesn't want just any soul so you can take the offer as a compliment (laughs) (laughs) i i always liked that like you know not every soul's worth buying so you can take the offer as a compliment (laughs) that's a good one but anyway so There we go. So we see him take the soul from from the man, pay him his money, um, and then he goes to a very I mean beautiful house in New Orleans, upscale family, obviously. Um, husband and wife. The wife is obviously has Alzheimer's or or dementia, mm-hmm. or right. she's not she's not all there, and hence the naked lady butt. Um, because she's <laughs> you know when we first see her, she's dressed up top, and and all you see her is from like the waist up, and. And she's what you expect of like New Orleans aristocrat, right? Just you know, very nice clothing and a very nice house. Mm-hmm. And then the camera. I'm surprised you saw the house. Yeah, and and the 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 funny thing is the warning on the site says when the camera zooms in, but it's actually when the camera pulls out, right? Because we see her from the top up, or from from waist up, and then the camera pulls out, and you see that she's naked from the waist below, and mm-hmm. you see old naked lady butt. Um, <clears throat> and then so. The, the the merchant of souls comes in and and you know he gives her the soul and immediately boom it's 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 instantaneous the effects take hold and she, and she's new again right mm-hmm. and then you see him you know swiping the credit card and that was two point five million right two point seven right? two point yeah you're right two point seven million which uh, man credit. that's a hell of a markup that's a hell of a markup <laughs> but I tell you what you know if that if you have two point seven million and your wife is suffering. I'd pay it. Yeah, I wonder uh, how if that how long that lasts though. I mean, is this a is this like a permanent fix? 
Well, we don't. Well, okay. Here, in, and in my the, other question was, uh, so what if this? I mean, this is assuming that getting fifteen percent of someone's soul cures Alzheimer's, or or is it that uh, she was missing some of her soul for some fucking reason? No, I think it's a cure because later on in this episode, uh, when he's talking to the voodoo priest, um, he says the Japanese figured out all kinds uh, of things. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, that's later on. Right. Um, and, and and you made the, the same mistake I made on the first rewatching of this is because of the way the, the scenes go, we assume that she's getting 15%, the 15% he just oh, took. Yeah, no, I, 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 I didn't necessarily assume that. I thought it was very possible, but I also was aware that there was a whole truck and they were yeah, just showing so, us both sides of, of, of what right, happens. So, yeah. So she could have theoretically gotten yeah. a full soul from, or like a one percent or whatever, just a little bump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we <laughs> don't like yeah. we don't know, right? Um, but anyway, so she gets that, she's all good, swipes the card, payment done, and then we cut to the scene, the breakfast scene, which is, which is a great scene. <laughs> Again, we see Jesse or Cassidy trying to tell Jesse something, and Jesse's just not listening. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it starts off very nice, right? Um, Tulip's making pancakes with M and M's spelling their names out. Yeah, and M and M's, and and Cassidy comes out, and it's just the two of them for a second, and and then Jess comes out, and 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 again we see Jesse and, and Tulip kind of lovey, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a little odd because they mention it in the scene that Jesse not killing her husband happened last night. Like we're we're like twelve hours removed from the chaos that we saw in the last episode, right? You know, I totally forgot about the whole Victor thing. Yeah. Okay. So that was twelve hours ago. They, I mean, or nine, right? Because they literally the Victor shit happened. Jesse came home. They all went to bed. They woke up, and now she's making pancakes. And and <laughs> Jesse and Tulip have kind of like like there's a little cuddle, and there's like you know he's joking like oh she's cooking you know, and he tells Cass like get the fire extinguisher. Right, and there's this little joke and a cute, like, kind of lovey scene. Um, it doesn't last very long, right? Well, I, to be honest, I when something one thing I realized was when when the when the Saint of Killers music first kicks in, it kind of woke me up a little bit, and it made me realize that this was really the first time I was actually excited to be watching the episode. When I when that music kind of woke me from my stupor, and I realized that I we were in this like scene of them having breakfast in you know Dennis's apartment, and I realized that I had already kind of mo- emotionally settled into the middle of this season, this season where you know we spend just a lot of time the rest of the season actually in Dennis's apartment, and right. uh, we we you know get into some of these the storylines, particularly the next few episodes that, that kind of, you know, take us, take a little longer than we want. And we spend a little more time in the apartment than we want. And so I was getting kind of like, okay, here we are. Just, this is the first scene where we're just really just hanging out in the apartment. Cause there's several of these scenes, right. Where they're just hanging out in the apartment talking. They could have literally gone anywhere to shoot a scene of them having a conversation, but most of them in this, the rest of the season seem to happen at least in my memory, in the apartment. And so then that Saint of Killers thing came in. I was like, oh, there's still some fun stuff that's going to be happening. 
<clears throat> oh yeah and so that's my long way of, of saying that you know the saint of killers coming in woke me from that mm. and it's great too because you see you see um the little girl bring the saint right to the apartments and she points yeah. down the hall that that's the one right and which and i realized that's the whole reason that they that tulip they had tulip bring her there in the <clears throat> previous episode was so that she knew where they lived <laughs> right exactly and <laughs> So the little girl points and she's like, oh, it's that one. And then she fucks off, right? Smart girl. Yeah. And we said, I think we said that last time too, that she is wiser than her years, mm-hmm. right? And she I fucks wonder off. if we'll see her again. That's, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the saint goes and he knocks on the first door, right? And there's just a guy in his underwear. And he's like, the fuck, right? And he grabs a gun and he pointing at the saint and the saint's like where's the preacher and he's like there's no preacher here i'm jewish <laughs> <laughs> and the saint you know twists his hand in the gun into just a knot and oh man and then he goes to the next door and he opens it up and all you and you that we don't see that whole scene is shot from the hallway so all you see is the doorway and you hear the guy like what the fuck i'll fuck you up whatever blah 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 and then blood spurts out the doorway and then a head rolls out <laughs> right so the saint's slowly making his way and it's funny from our perspective because it, it, it looks, and I'm sure this is because this is how they did it, but you can tell it's just someone back there with a bucket of blood because they throw it, it like comes out in like a few different like tosses of the bucket of blood and then the <laughs> head comes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's very and, deliberate. And, and I, oh, I, I almost skipped over it. In the first room he goes into where the, the guy's there and he, he's like, what the fuck? And he's got a gun on him. The saint, when he goes, oh, I'm Jewish. There ain't no preacher here. I'm Jewish. The saint pulls out his gun and shoots him, right? Right. And that bullet right. goes all the way through every wall and ends up in the refrigerator where our heroes are having breakfast, right? In the yogurt. In the yogurt, right? And and so Jesse gets up and he walks over because something's weird, right? He, they don't necessarily hear the gunshot or anything, but he hears a thunk in the fridge and he, right. Jesse goes, Jesse goes over and he, which is odd that they don't hear that gunshot. That I agree that too because missile. because every time we've heard that gun in the past, it's like blaring, right? Yeah. It's not even just a gun; it's like hell itself is blowing up. <laughs> and and but anyway, so Jesse goes over there. He opens up the yogurt, which is boiling from the heat, right? Mm. From the hell bullet. And he and he and he, he sees that hell bullet. bullet. He's like, nice. yeah. And he's like, we gotta get the fuck out of here, right? Um, which we don't see because we see because then the saint goes to the next door and he chops off the head and he gets down. And by the time the saint gets to their room, he opens the door and he walks in and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is good. And then we see our heroes had, having made it out they're in an alley somewhere. My guess is a couple blocks away. They ran a couple blocks away and they're like sitting there by this dumpster talking. And we learn that. um well, we already know Fior is dead, but we've learned that the saint has not been called off, which means using the voice is dangerous again, right? Right, because it calls the saint to them, um, which they're aware of. And again, Jesse doesn't want to stop using it. He's like, "No, I need that to find God." Mm-hmm. It's like, but this motherfucker's gonna. Uh. So they're like, "Okay, <clears throat> smart idea, right?" Fior had to deal with him. Fior's dead. What was that deal? And they decide to go to uh, the library and investigate who's the saint of killers. And maybe we could figure out what the hell's going on. Right. Right. So they go to the library to read up on the saint of killers. I like, Tulip. This. like, I like how they were editing this together. Like 
all their different research in a montage of to tell us the story of the yeah. Santa Killers that we Which already is, know, by the way. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, the, no, there is some... We don't know the Civil some, War stuff, but... Yeah, well, yeah, and there is some information dropped on us here, right? I love this scene because, like, Tulips is down with an audiobook, mm-hmm. right? And Jesse gives her shit for the audiobook. She's like, well, it's still a book, right? But this whole scene, the montage takes place exactly. with, the, with the audio of the audiobook going over it. Mm-hmm. And then we see some of the, the scenes through um, Cass's viewer that he's looking through. Right. Right. And we see several actual comic book pages. And those are the page, the pages. I assumed of, so. And they did look familiar. I, I yeah. just like that's got to be from the comic. Yeah. In they, addition to like a whole other pile of books. Right. And and we see those those are actual the actual comic book pages up, and then there's a great one. It's a painting of the Saint of Killers. And if you look on your, the left side of your screen, you'll see like the publication number, and it's literally they opened up the book and they put a camera over it. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, they had, they it's had one of the, it. I'm sure they had it. They had like a hundred copies lying around. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's it's literally just a camera shot of this painting of the uh-huh. Saint of Killers from the book. Right. Which is great, right? And then there's a little animated sequence with the flipbook thing, and there's like, it was very well done. This mm-hmm. this whole, yeah, this montage was very well done because you get some still stuff going through Cass's viewer. You get a little animated things from a flipbook. You get, you know, right. and and it is a story that we know of the Saint of Killers, but we also learn his soul broke into a million pieces and went flying to the four corners of the earth. I hate that. Those are their words, not mine. I fucking hate that. Earth is a sphere. But but anyway, so so we learn that he has no soul. Yeah, what does that right? mean then? Anyway. Yeah. So, but we learn that he has his soul well, broke I, up. I, and left I caught I caught that part that he had no soul, but I wasn't. I missed why, and um, mm. I missed the part about it breaking up into a million pieces. Yeah, so so we do learn that. It breaks mm-hmm. up into a million pieces. His soul flies out, so he has no soul. So that's what we really learn from this montage because we know the story, right? Mm-hmm. And then the audiobook ends. I love this. At the end of it, it's American, <laughs> oh, Psycho- yeah. American Psychopaths, Volume 58. Join us next time for Dick Cheney. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> There's a couple of those little tiny throwaways in here that was really good. I love that one. I liked that one way more than the Tom Cruise thing because it was just. I don't oh, know, and Tom, it was Tom, it was actually more believable. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I was going to say Tom Cruise comes up again in this episode, but he doesn't. It's next episode because I watched mm-hmm. Seven today too. Oh, see, um, see what happens. You muddy the waters there. Well, that's why I rewatched it right before <laughs> we did this was so I would kind of like solidify this is episode six, right? You know. Um, so anyway, so anyway, they're in the library and they're talking about his weaknesses. And that's when Cassidy realizes, oh, fuck, I forgot about Dennis. Who had left <laughs> right, the, right. Who right. had left the apartment. Right. <laughs> so he calls Dennis and I get it in his panic mode that he just goes, I got to call Warren Dennis. But he only speaks French and you only speak English. This phone call isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the first thing that I thought, right? right. And that's and then, exactly what happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the then phone call see, didn't work. You see, he, they're on the phone. Dennis is walking down the hall on the phone with Cassidy, and Cassidy's going, "There's an intruder! Stop! No, don't go into the room!" Right? And oblivious to the head in the hallway, Dennis keeps walking down the hallway oh, yeah. and <laughs> turns into the apartment, right, where the Saint of Killers is. 
And all I could think of is like, the head should have done it. Like the phone call wasn't really necessary. <laughs> Dennis should have seen a head on the floor and went, yeah, I'm out right now. Well, yeah. I don't know which, which side he came in or if there was another entrance or if he was just, no, thinking, no, no. He was just thinking about me, I, three stooges or what. Yeah. He was oblivious. I've watched it twice today and trust me, he passes the head. <laughs> now he's could be oblivious. It's you know, New Orleans. It's New Orleans. Yeah. There's heads on floors everywhere. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Dennis turns into the apartment. Santa Killers is there. Um, Kat, uh, Jesse gets on the phone and uses the voice and says, you know, hey, I'm here. Right. And I'm coming. Don't kill him. Right. Right. So saves Dennis there. Um, so it works over the phone across the room. The voice. Well, the voice doesn't work on the Santa Killers anyway. The voice was just... No, but he, but he can hear it and sense it because it's a homing right. device kind of thing. Right. So, so, yeah, the Santa Killers he hears that, goes and picks up the phone and puts it to his ear. And then you have Jesse saying, "I'm don't kill him, I'm on my way. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jesse does, right? Jesse shows up. He walks into the room and he says, hey, look, I know the deal you made with the angels. You think you're working for heaven. You're not. God's gone. Um but I can get you to heaven. Right. And then he goes, you know, and he's the God's missing. And so that was bullshit anyway. And then, and the saint says, prove it. And the next scene we see, it's like <laughs> the hip down of the, from behind of the Santa killers and Jesse standing, watching the TV. <laughs> <laughs> right. And there's, and he's playing the tape of, of the actor portraying God. And See, uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't buy this as like this is how you're proving this really. This is how well, you this I, is how you're proving God's gone to the same killers. Although well, when I, he I, when he said it, I almost felt like he kind of believed him immediately because he felt it, too. Like right. He felt that it was true. Well, I kind of wanted to go with you on because you've said in the past, like the saint of killers knows when you're lying. Mm -hmm. and, and I kind of got to say that. This scene in particular um, kind of goes to that mm -hmm. where um, this one and the, there's one later on with Tulip in the sink. And I, I, I think you're right. It's not it's never said. Right. And it's never justified. But you kind of get the hint that the Santa Killers knows when you're lying. Well, there's another right? thing here that I think it's tying into. And that is that um, there's been a, a few times where, for example, Jesse or someone else has been talking about the fact that that when they pray, they don't hear an answer anymore, and there's kind of like a acknowledgement, like the other person knows that they're telling the truth, like they know because they felt it too, and I kind of feel like maybe there's a little of that too, like he knows, like he just knows deep down that he's right, right. I mean, he's the saint and, of killers, so and the saint and the saint does know, yeah, the saint does know that he has Genesis. Right. Right. And that is some untold power. Mm -hmm. And so for Jesse to say, I can get you to, into heaven mm -hmm. is uh, could, is possibly believable. Mm -hmm. Right. So he makes a deal with the saint. I'll get you into heaven because God's not there. He can't do anything for you. I can. Right. So let me I'll, I'll get you into heaven. And, and the saint says, well, you know what that takes. And Jesse says, I do. Um, and that's a soul. Right. He needs a soul. Mm -hmm. And. And now earlier in the episode, we saw the soul merchant and whatever. So we know that that's going on, but we don't know that Jesse's aware of any of that. Right. 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 Um, right, right. So when in, Jesse in fact, says, in fact, at this point, I had forgotten about that whole thing. 
to be honest with you. I don't know if you <laughs> had already knew that that was coming, but I had forgotten kind of about what, where he was going with this. It, it took me a minute to remember, okay, yeah, he goes in and interacts with this guy, but I was just kind of in the middle of the thing with the Saint of Killers, and I'd forgotten that whole intro prequel scene that opened up momentarily. Oh, you mean from the beginning of this episode? Yeah. Oh, no. I it's, Even from the original watch, I remember that. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's right. He goes and gets yeah. a soul from the Japanese. Yeah. Right? Um, so, it came back to me, but it was just, I wasn't just, yeah. Anyway, go on. Anyway, so so he says, oh, I, I can get you there. I'll get you a soul. And the saint says, you have an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have negotiated that. <laughs> um, that's a bit short for, for a soul. Yeah. Like, literally, like. I have to get across. T- I mean, yeah. I even if the shop he went to had it, that's still cutting it. You know? Right. I, I'm just thinking like from my house to Powell's is like <laughs> nine miles. Right. And if you said you have an hour to go to Powell's and get me a book and come back, I'd still be pushing it. Right. Like, I right, mean, if it's right. three o'clock in the afternoon, I got traffic, bitch. I got, you know, and that's knowing where I'm going, knowing that they have it and I have to go there and come back. Right. And, He's like, oh, I think I know a guy. Yeah, I have, you know, I have a. You get one bad red light, or you know, yeah, or or like what happens? Like he goes and the guy doesn't have it. It's like, well, now what the fuck? (laughs) Oh no, you you know, it's forty miles out of town. You got to go over there. That's where they have him now. Mm -hmm. You're fucked, Mm -hmm. right? I had negotiated that hour, or or at least tried to. But he's like, okay, fine, an hour and and whatever. Um. So anyway, so Jesse. Oh, but part of the deal is that the Saint Killer gets to keep Cass and Tulip and Dennis uh, until Jesse comes back with the soul, right? Right. So they're fucked. Uh, they, <laughs> they go up. They go up into the house. Jesse takes off, walking. Yeah. By the thank, way. Thanks again, Jesse. Yeah, and, 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 and like I said, walking. Walking. Yeah. Every scene you see Jesse in while he's trying to get the soul in this hour, he's moseying. <laughs> That's just no one's in a rush. Well, he's, a, he's a cowboy. <sighs> you have it's an exact. Hour. It's exactly. You know, we've talked about this with the Sanu killers moseying on his horse, trying to get medicine for his daughter. It's because he looks good moseying. <laughs> when when he's running through town saying hi, Mabel. It's funny, but he looks like an idiot. <laughs> and he's a cowboy preacher. Cowboy preachers mosey. Now, now, Jess. So Jess goes to a voodoo shop. Where he knows he can buy a soul, right? Um, this scene, there's a lot of small things that drop in this scene. Uh-huh. On the original watch of this scene, I missed all of it. Me too. Uh, Me too. Um, on the rewatch, I caught it, and then I watched it again today, and I even and I caught even more. Um, so the scene where he goes into to buy the soul from the voodoo practitioner. Um, there's a lot of subtle things in this scene. Mm-hmm. He comes in and he's like, I need to buy soul right fucking now. The voodoo guy's like, oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's like, look, um, I know you got it. There's your machine. There's, you know, you're going to have a spinner in the back, blah, blah, blah. Obviously I know the shit. So give it to me. <laughs> and, and the guy goes, who are you? And what does he say? Jesse Langell. Jesse Langell. Because... He knows the Langelles will be known by the voodoo people and the soul-selling people, mm-hmm. right? Which speaks of volumes yeah. for what comes up at the end of this season, which yeah. will start season three. Well, and right? the, the guy, the look, 
the guy's kind of you know the look on the guy's face after he says that speaks volumes as well oh yeah that that was like the the secret password okay right. yeah right and then he says like i don't have any souls here and blah 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 and and he says oh you know the japanese came out in and they, they're taking over they've cornered the market and jesse starts asking about other voodoo places in town starts naming them and the guy's like nope they're gone nope they're gone nope they're gone and then jesse says um angelville right right and the and the guy says hanging on by a thread right they're the only one that hasn't been wiped out by the japanese yet mm-hmm. but they're hanging which on is by a, a thread. which is a very interesting detail and right sev- and, in several ways actually ex- right right because number one he, that means that he could have gone there to try to get a soul, although that's more than an hour. I'm guess I'm guessing. Uh, well, yeah, it's on the border of Texas and Louisiana. Right. That's at least an hour drive. But you know, still, um, that was an option. Um, then there was a, but then you know, there's just all this. Of course, uh, then there's this stuff. Okay, so then there's these two. The element of the competition then that might come up between the Japanese and her. You know, in season uh-huh. three, perhaps it might, you know, some elements of conflict. Um, and it definitely goes into how, why Jesse thinks they might be able to save Tulip hmm. at, at the end of the season. Right. 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 So and like I said, in the comic books, they go there. Um, Jody kills Tulip there mm-hmm. and she's brought back to life by God who happens to be in grandma's house. <laughs> right. Um, obviously the TV show is not going that route. Right. God is not going to be there. God's not going to bring her back. Well, so she has to come. She has to come back somehow. We, we don't know that yet, but well, that's, I just, mean, we can assume that probably I I'm safe to say yeah. that that's not what's going to happen. Cause mm-hmm. the, the book and the, the comic book and the show are separated ways. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, but in the comic book, that's what happens is God brings her back. Um, because, because grandma has God in a closet at the house. That's where God is in the comic book. Right. Uh, at this time, but in the show, I, that's not going to happen. Um, but grandma is going to know a thing or two and she's going to have an inventory of souls. Right. That's what's kind of being alluded to here. Mm-hmm. Right. So lots of real, and uh, she's hanging on by a thread. So she's, she's in a position of desperation. Right. Right. Um, she might be willing to do some uh, devilish things, right? So all that we'll see when season three comes. Mm-hmm. But but that was dropped in this too. And both of the those lines are literally if you're not listening, right? You don't hear. I did the literally the first time I watched today, I didn't catch the Angelville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I there, was watching, there are two different. Uh, grandma references in this in this one conversation at least right and the first one i caught on the first watch today mm-hmm. but i missed the angelville one because he was just listing mm-hmm. off voodoo families right, right. i was and, listening to them because i was trying to hear the names because they're yeah cool and, names. And, then, and i fully missed it and then the second my second watching today i caught it and i was like holy shit mm-hmm. like like that's very important it's interesting um, too because I I've been one thing I've been realizing in the rewatch is that there are way more Angelville and Grandma references than than I realized in the first time watching. I thought I, there were like three the whole season, but I swear that I'm pretty sure there's been at least one every episode. I agree. I, I 
wholeheartedly agree with that. I thought grandma really wasn't alluded to the whole time, blah, blah, blah. And you're right. There's one, sometimes two mm-hmm. per episode. And there were <clears throat> two or three in season one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like like I said, on the first watching, I missed the fact that her star is alluded to. It's seen <laughs> in season one. Like, I, I didn't even remember that. Uh-huh. Grandma's alluded to a couple times in season one. Mm-hmm. There's t- totally missed all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice on this rewatch that we're catching this. Um, anyway, so the voodoo guy says, I don't have any Japanese took it all over, blah, blah, blah. Just so happens the Japanese are outside right now. Um, another with armored... one of the another in the series of convenient um, yes coincidences, right? So Jesse goes out and he's he's going to get a soul from the armored truck, but he tries to use a voice, but it's it's so they can't hear it from inside the truck, right? So no go, right? So we have another tulip is really good at putting shit together, and this time she does it via the phone, right? Jesse's like, how do I break into armored car and Tulip's like, well, you're going to need fertilizer and a burner phone and some plastic cups and some, right? <laughs> she goes down this laundry list. And then uh, there just happens to be um, a hardware store across the street. Right, of course. Right, because, and he goes, I don't have all this stuff, Tulip. I'm standing on a street in the Bywater, right? <laughs> Which uh, I worked on a documentary about the Bywater years ago. Nothing's there. It's homes. Right. <laughs> right. And but there just happens to be this. OK, fine. There's a hardware <laughs> store. So he goes he goes in the hardware store. This hardware store sells burner phones <laughs> <laughs> as well as your lawn fertilizer. And, you know, OK, whatever. So he puts together this makeshift bomb, puts it on the back of the thing. The truck starts driving away. He dials the cell phone number. Boom. It explodes. Does nothing. <laughs> right. Like the guy in the the guy in the back didn't I like even that. know. I like the fact that that did not. Oh, yeah. Happen. Because you thought like, oh, this is what he's going to do. And then it, it totally failed. Like <laughs> epically fails. Like the, the guy in the back of the car didn't even notice it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Right? <laughs> epically fails. <laughs> and then the the police show up. Um, Woo-woo. Right? Guy just put off a bomb. And <laughs> I had forgot. I had forgotten this until this scene. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Right? Because. And then we. We assume Jesse uses the voice several times in this next kind of, kind of sequences, yeah, right. but we don't see him use it, right? Right, necessarily. So because we've gotten used to the fact that he can just make people do what they want, what he wants, right? So, so the cops pull over the truck. He has the cops open up the truck. He gets in the back with the dude. Um, he's like, "I need the soul," right now. We cut from that scene. Well, yeah, we'll come back to that. So Jesse gets into the back with the guy and all the souls in the armored truck. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to the scene of what's going on back at the house. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Sandy Killers is just sitting in the kitchen, head down, quiet. Right. Moping. Moping. Um, <laughs> uh, Cassidy and Dennis and Tulip are sitting in the room. And um, so in this scene, we learn... Dennis is Cassidy's son. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. an that's an important piece of information. Um, Which I liked. Um, Tulip basically had the reaction that I had the first time. The first time watching this, I, it was basically like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Well, I remember talking to you on our first watch of this, you know, back when it originally aired. I remember we were talking. We're like, there's something up with Dennis. Like, mm. like ob- there's something obviously up with Dennis. Like, right. he's. And so when Tulip says, oh, that's your father or that's your uncle or something like that, you're right on board. You're like, yeah, yeah, there's mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I remember thinking like five minutes before this actually revealed, I was like, he's his son. Really? And then it, and then it gets revealed. And I was like, God damn it. Yep. Because uncle, father, whatever, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I like that. Re- I liked that reveal a lot. Yeah, it's it's a good one. So we learn that Dennis is is Dennis is the son. Um, Tulip, Dennis is not doing well. Right, the saint when he walked in destroyed his inhaler. Dennis is sick now. He doesn't have his medication. Um, so Tulip goes to talk to the saint of killers, which is just dumb. <sighs> yeah, and. <laughs> You and did we, your research. We all pay for Tulip's moment with the saint for the rest of the season. We all have, we all are going to pay for what is about to happen here. I agree. However, on this rewatch, I I kind of caught something. Okay. We'll, we'll we're almost there. I, I'll get to that in a second. So, but she decides she's going to go talk to him. Like, hey, let Dennis go. He's sick. You don't need him. You got us, right? Which is fine if you're appealing to somebody's humanity. Mm-hmm. But you just learned he has no soul, <laughs> right? The man has no humanity, right? And you're going to go in there. And then, and she goes in and she's like, like, you don't need him. He's sick and just let him go and blah, blah, blah. You know, and then she goes, oh, I read about your daughter. The fuck are you bringing oh up God. the man's yeah, daughter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, no, no, too, no, too, too no. Oh, Jesus Christ. You don't know me. Like, no, yes. What you know about me is I'm willing to kill everybody because my wife and daughter died. Mm-hmm. And you're going to and you're going to bring that shit. You're what? No, <laughs> no, I did not and, promise. Well, did he promise Jesse he wouldn't hurt them? No, I don't no. think he did. No, he didn't. And <laughs> and I'm watching that the second she mentions the daughter. I'm thinking, well, now you're fucked now. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happens. Mm hmm. Santa Killer stands up, picks her up off the ground about three feet by the neck, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And is like, if he, and he says, he ain't back by six, medicine ain't gonna help. And then drops her. And she walks out of the room, and he sits back down doing what he was doing, right? Now, this is, this is what I noticed, because I'm, I'm with you. On the original watch, Tulip's PTSD her nightmares and her freaking out and going batshit crazy didn't doesn't make sense. Like you just, you want to be like, that it doesn't make sense because she has been touched by death. I think that's, has, right, it's, and, it's very much tied to that, but the, it's right. never, it's never, you know, it's never that I don't get it. It's just that I did not, this was not a, a very good storyline or one that they, it's one that right. they dragged out longer than they needed to. And oh, so, way longer. And that's what I mean when I say we pay for it because we just, they drag this thing out with just like bringing it up just occasionally, but not really going anywhere with it for a long time. Right. And so, the severity of her, okay, she walked into the room, mm-hmm. the guy choked her and picked her off the ground for like three seconds, put her down and walks out right and not just that but he is and, like you said he is death so i'm sure that there was a deeper right. connection just than having his right. hand and around that, her neck and that's what i'm saying is is 
I that didn't hit me on the first watch. On this watch, I realized the Saint of Killers in the comic book. Uh, in the, and well, hold on. In the show today in the library, on on the audio cassette, we hear even Satan himself is scared of the Saint of right. Killers. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. In the comic book, Satan was scared of him until the Saint of Killers killed Satan. <laughs> right. And and death himself was so scared of him that he relinquished all of his power to him. Right. So Satan, yes, Satan is scared of the saint of killers. This man has no soul. His, his heart is so cold. It froze hell in the comic book. Right. So he's like the Chuck Norris character. (laughs) He froze hell. So he slams, he slams a revolving door. (laughs) <laughs> so so it struck me this time that just being because after this thing tulip walks back into the room where cassadettes are and she's obviously white as a sheet right just like saw a ghost right and she says he touched me right right and like yeah i think just him touching you would fuck you up mm-hmm. um so i I now understand the motivation of her PTSD and her flipping out a little bit more. I'm with you in that the show drug that shit. That is one episode. Come on. The show drug that shit out three, four. Well, I mean, it doesn't even it, it. PTSD is not necessarily a one episode thing, but it, they just didn't. They didn't go anywhere with it for a while. They just kept, you know, dragging yeah. us through it and. You know, it, and a lot of it was just because fucking Jesse was lying to her. And so that was frustrating. Right. And and part of my problem with it is like that didn't re- being touched by the saint fucks you up. Didn't register with me on my first watch. Mm-hmm. And I had read the comic books. Right. Because it's such a brief scene. And it's only like it's something easily to be missed. Right. If you took a sip of your cocktail right then or you said something to your friend sitting next to you on on the couch you missed all of the motivation for why she's so fucked up <laughs> well i think right? and i think the big indicator was when she comes back and says he touched me and like the look on her face that's like right but that is literally a four second scene mm-hmm. like that if you coughed <laughs> you would miss right and then i guess you the next coughed right and then the next four fucking episodes <laughs> ride that and you're going like what the fuck like yeah okay it was scary but you know you've been through scary before you're right. a strong woman what the fuck is wrong with you right no so and i'm with you that's fucking annoying um that is a big problem with this season but anyway so that registered for me this time just being touched by the saint kind of fucks you up mm-hmm. i get it um and then we yes. go back to uh back to jesse now Right, and he's he's in the back working with the Japanese guy, mm-hmm. like trying to find a soul. Nothing's working. There's no match. There's no match because he's got the the bullet right from the yogurt that he brought. Yeah, and it's right. got a match with an item owned by the Saint of Killers. Right, so he can't find a match. Um, finally, he decides to test himself, and of course, that's a match. Um, of course, and he's like, yeah, "What's and, the, and the funny thing was." For to test the the soul merchant's soul, he grabs a pen out of his pocket. But to test Jesse, he cuts his own hair. <laughs> right, and all I'm it's like I, really I the pen the pen is that much identified with this guy already that you know 
that's enough that's of enough. A, wow. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, Jesse's wearing a neck, uh, uh, a bracelet, and two. A rings. watch. He had a watch and, on. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was like, thinking. Like, I'm like, just take your ring off and put it on the thing. Okay, whatever. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> Got to be well, dramatic but, about it. Exactly. It's a match. Mm-hmm. What's the least you can take? One percent. Jesse's like, take one percent. And he's doing this without using the voice, by the way. So you're trusting this dude. Right. Well, I, 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 I thought about that, but I assumed that he had done like the you, you're working for me kind of thing. Right. Oh, OK. Yeah. And th- like I said, there was a lot of voice being used during that scene that that's uh, that's assumed. Right. It's off. Right. Because the cops are, are helping out and blah, 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 and the guy's working with them mm-hmm. in the back. So, yeah. OK. We can assume that. Right. Um. So, boom, you take one percent of his soul. He gets that. I like the fact that while talking with the soul merchant, he has the, the truck is like barreling towards home, right? <laughs> like we're not wasting time. You go, I'll deal. I'll get the soul mm-hmm. on the way. Right. So I liked that. Um, and that's because it looks, the armored car looks good barreling through the streets. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, so the armored car gets to the house. We get the soul. We're waiting on the spinner to make the edible. Right. And clock is fucking ticking here. Um, the edibles made. And I'm going to ask you for a Padre rating on this. Hmm. I know what you're going to. I know that I this this stood out to me. I know exactly what you're going to ask. Go ahead. Right. So he gets out. He's got the, the he's got the edible soul. He's going to run up and, you know, save his friends. Right. And he turns to the guards and the Japanese guy, the soul merchant. And he says, get lost. Yeah. Using the voice. I thought that was I, weird. And very you, unnecessary. For for the listeners, Jay asked for a Padre rating. If you're not aware, um, we sometimes have uh, debates about the validity or <laughs> wisdom of Jesse's use of the voice. And uh, I developed the Padre, one to four Padre system of, of <laughs> judging his use of it. So where yeah. four is good and badass and one is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. And, but here's, but here's my thing is we've also discussed in past episodes how what he says is taken is subjective to right. the person he says it to. Mm-hmm. Right. So follow God means different things to different people. Right. Right. He says, get lost, like go away. Right. You just robbed, and you know Jesse knows it, a very powerful man and a very powerful company. Mm-hmm. Why isn't your words, forget you ever saw me? <laughs> yep. Right? And We'd be... like the other thing was get lost. Okay, so they just run off, leaving this open armored truck here <laughs> right. full in of the souls. Middle, <laughs> in the middle of New Orleans, in Bywater. I mean, right. I guess he does want to maybe, you know, just because they are the competition that came in and uh, took the business away from all the, the mom and pop soul shops. Right. But, but so, OK, here's the thing. They're is, the Starbucks of souls. We're not in a good neighborhood. <laughs> Dennis's house is not in a good neighbor. A man's head was in the hallway and cops never showed up. I don't know how that head got cleaned up. Right. We don't know. But nobody cares. Nobody left to care. The same right. killed everybody. So, so we're not in a good neighborhood. 
and you left an armored car open with nobody around it. Well, Jesse doesn't care about that. I just don't understand no. why he chose Get Lost. And like I said, you know, I'm sure that Jesse would would love for you know all you know those those souls to get back out, out into the black market where they were, where they belong. Right. Yeah, but he doesn't even give right now. He doesn't give a fuck, and I and I'm, I'm with you on that. He's yeah. got to save his friends. So yeah. fuck the truck, right? Right, right, right. And and it comes in. I just, yeah, it becomes useful later. But so fuck the truck. He's got to get up and get his friends, right? But if you're well, gonna I, stop to use the voice, oh, so give me a Padre rating. Ah, oh, shit. So get lost. I, I wasn't too happy about that. We've kind of discussed that three Padres is basic utility, you know, just getting the job done, necessity. Right. Um, I don't expect this necessarily to come back and bite him in the ass, so I'm hesitant to give it a one. So I'm going to give it two Padres. One would just be like, okay, obviously, and maybe this is because I know that this has yet to come back and bite him in the ass, but... It just seemed unnecessary and a right. silly me, thing, so it was kind of a throwaway. To me, a one is telling the gun people move. Right, right. <laughs> At, no utility. Yeah. No purpose. Just, yeah, shouldn't exist. Yeah, the gun aficionados right. at the hotel. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and a, and a three is like a well, yeah, you need to get through the door, so tell mm-hmm. the guy to open the door, mm-hmm. right? So. That's kind of where I am on the scale. Right. I think this, I'm with you that it's a two, but I'm really hesitant. Like I almost want to call it a one. Yeah. Um, I'm, because I, yeah, it, it is you. something that it's something that could bite him in the ass later. Um, it's something that simply could have been made better by just saying, forget me. Yeah. Right. And, or, and, or forget me and get lost. And he's you like. But, the thing he did, they that he did, uh, episode one, I think, of season two, when with the gas station attendant, he said, "For you know, pretend we weren't here." How come that's not a recurring thing? It worked really well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got to take whatever they wanted from the store. They got they left with no problem. Yeah, and so, yeah, I I just uh, I'll give it a two. I'm with you. A However, reluctant to, but I'm watching it. <laughs> it's a reluctant to. But the thing that I, another thing I don't like about it is that it's, you know, you've had this voice for a while now and he hasn't quite, apparently, he hasn't quite learned to, you know, think for a moment about if you're going to use it, words matter. <laughs> right. So, right. Ah, jeez. You would think he would, uh, you know, be a little more deliberate when he uses it. But no, of course not. Right. And, and here's the thing, too, is like in an hour and a half from the library, you know, in an hour and a half is being generous. Well, the from the thing... library. Sorry. The other thing well, is like, there, there seems like a missed opportunity for the show to do something cool there. Like just get lost and they just run off. Like right. there's not much interest. They could have come up with something a little more creative, I bet, if they wanted to. Right. And, and like I was about to say, like the. In the time between the library and getting home to meet the Santa Killers, right? Um, Jesse basically, on the limited knowledge he just learned at the library about, you know, the family and he has no soul and whatever. He puts together in his mind what the deal was he made with the angels, right? Mm -hmm. And, And in this scene where 
Jesse's talking to the saint and making that deal, you can kind of tell Jesse's not a, is kind of guessing, mm-hmm. right? He's like, they made a deal with you. Mm-hmm. You're going to get into heaven. And like, he's kind of like figuring that out. Yeah. Also, which is also some of the conversations he's had with Fior, I think have helped. Right. But he, but it, he doesn't know, mm-hmm. which is why they're at the library and, and he learns right. some information there. And, and so he's smart enough and he's putting the, it's, you know, he's playing the chess game in his head. You know, what does the saint really want? What can, how can I play this? Right. right. And he does. And he comes up with that. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're telling me in the weeks that he's had Genesis, he can't figure out proper things to say to people. <laughs> like I would have like, like a list of like for this situation, I'll say this. And for this situation, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. And at all times, cover my ass, you know, forget you ever saw me first thing out of my mouth every time and then what i want you to do <laughs> you know right? what you've convinced me one padre downgrade <laughs> because right? it's just an amateur move it's amateur you're you it's it's amateur. it's amateur voice usage one padre right. now we don't know if that's going to come and bite him in the ass but if it fucking does <laughs> if it fucking does ah and it could it could and, uh, so could right okay so while he's telling them to get lost um, which is like right at the six o'clock mark, which is right when he needs to be back. The saint says, time up, comes in, grabs Tulip by the fucking throat. Um, he pulls his sword up. He's going to kill Tulip. Cass jumps in, grabs the sword. Yeah. Both hands. This is so good. Hey, IMDB, here's a parental warning for you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Cass grabs the sword with both hands. Not, not naked lady, but. Not naked lady, but the sword, he stops the sword for just a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Just enough. It rips through and cuts Cassidy all... is the true hero of this show. Seriously, can I get an amen for Cassidy on this? Like, he's the least dickish. He is the hero. He is the most moral character. He'll be the first in to jump show. in and help you out. In this show, mm-hmm. Cassidy's the best. Which is why we always end, or I always put it in there, with the Cassidy quote. Because right. Cassidy's the shit. Yeah. So Cassidy saves Tulip, grabs the sword, holds off the sword just long enough. The sword rips through and cuts all of his fingers off, <laughs> which fall like rain. To the, <laughs> like, che- right? like Cheetos. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, uh, what does Tulip say? Slow motion Cheetos. What? What did she say? Oh no! It's I'm sorry. That's next episode. She describes it as French oh, fries falling in a commercial, but that's next. Episode. <laughs> is that what I'm she, sorry. Did she say that? She does in the next episode. Oh, man. sorry, sorry that but, leaked in. No, that's good because that's exactly kind of how I was seeing it. It's just like that because it is. And the funny thing is, I bet that line came from you know the people working on the show. Like, how do we want to film this? We want it to look like French fries, you know. Falling in a commercial, right? Seth Rogen said something like that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so so Cassie gets all of his fingers cut off. Before the sword comes down, Preacher walks in and he says, stop. Everyone stops, right? And yeah, I wish he had said hammer time, but. Or collaborate and listen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Better than than get lost. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so. Preacher comes in just at the last second. I got your shit for you. Shows him the soul. I got your shit for you. <laughs> like I ran to the store. Yeah, exactly. I got you a pack of smokes. Um, 
so shit for you. I'm sorry. Go so, on. So, so then we see T- Tulip grabs um, uh, Cassidy and Dennis, and is like, "I got to get them to the hospital." Right. So they fuck off and leave to the hospital. And then you see the. This is a great scene. Preacher has the soul, right? And the saint says, "Where'd you get it?" <laughs> and then it's quiet. And the saint says, it's yours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? I did like that. Um, but here's another thing is, again, from the voodoo conversation, the voodoo store conversation, um, when the voodoo practitioner tells Jesse, they figured out all t- kinds of things to do with souls. They're working on percentage base. Yeah. Right? That is a surprise to Jesse, which leads me to believe that up until the Japanese took over, it was you sold your whole soul. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, right? yep. he makes a point of saying it's fractional, I think. It's fractional, right? Yep. That's what he says. It's fractional, right? And Jesse's taken aback by that. Mm-hmm. Fractions so, of souls? Yeah, exactly. So here we have, he gives the soul to the saint, and um, we don't know if the saint knows it's a little bit of a soul or a whole soul. Like, does the saint think it's all of Jesse's soul? We uh, don't know. Yeah, he yeah he could. I don't. He could. I don't know that it necessarily matters. He might be able to. I I agree. Tell I just think, by the way it feels, who knows? Right. I don't think it, it matters. Mm-hmm. But but that that was kind of interesting to me. Is like, well, you're taking this on an assumption, right? Mm-hmm. So the saint takes it, and I remember on the first watching of this, all I could think of was like. The second that motherfucker swallows that, the voice is going to work. Oh, like, right. You're, yeah, like yeah. You're screwed. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Well, it's funny. I thought it was pretty funny watching him chewing up Jesse's soul. <laughs> Did you notice that? He's just like nomming on it for a while before he before he swallows it. No, it's funny. At the beginning, you know, in the very first part of this episode um, where, where the old lady takes the soul and he's like, I'll say, ah, and he gives it to her. Right. And and I hear a crunch and I was like, he didn't tell her not to chew it. And it, so my brain's literally going like, is this a chewable pill? Like, or should you just follow it? I don't, you know, nothing was ever said. And they both chew it. So, OK, it's fine. just something weird about like chewing up a soul, chewing up soul, because it's it's pure soul. It's not like uh, mixed with anything. They put soul in the thing and <laughs> put it made it a capsule. Right. Some weird well, about that. I forgot to mention, too, like. <clears throat> When the preacher comes in, right, and Tulip and Cass and them are still there, right, Tulip and, and Jesse are talking right before while Tulip's getting ready to take the guys to the hospital, right? And she goes, like, how do you know about this soul stuff? And Jesse says, it's family business, mm-hmm. which is another alluding to mm-hmm. grandma in this episode, um, which we all should be frightened of because grandma is scary as shit. <laughs> And and actually, the the more now that we're rewatching, and like I was scared at the end of the first watch because, like we were saying, thinking there were about three references, but now that we've seen like eight and we're halfway <laughs> into the season, <laughs> I'm terrified. Oh yeah, and so like, anyway, we're getting more of the story too. Like she's desperate, she's hanging by a thread, her business is failing. Jesse comes in, he she could see an opportunity with him, and use him for who knows what. Especially because you know there's this this whole thing. Well, I don't want to get into. We could get no, into. We'll, we'll get it. We got plenty of time we'll, to talk about about Angelville. That's, 
Yeah, exactly. Season three, baby. Yeah, That's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah. So the so the the Santa Killer eats the soul. He gets the soul. Now he's subject to the voice, and and Jesse says, "Get on your knees," and he does, and he gives him that big speech. You know, like you some bitch, you ain't you're not going to heaven. Why would you think I'm sending you to fucking heaven? You mass murder and psycho fuckhead, right? And he's basically like, you know, I could send you to hell. You know, I told you I'd done it before, right? And then the Santa Killer says, "Go ahead, send me to hell with your soul." And that's yeah, why that, I think that was a great that was a great line, which is, which is why I was saying I think it's important that the Santa Killer thinks it's all of his soul. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, um, he's not going to know that there's fractional souls, right? Right, and and it doesn't matter. Yeah. But like, it, I get that. Like, yeah, and I can, and I'm with Jesse. Like, even one percent of my soul, I don't want to send to hell. Yeah. Like, what what might that do to me? Right. Mm-hmm. So I get the hang up. So he says, "We're going for a walk." He puts the Santa Killers in the back of the armored truck. He drives it. Well, he to... disarms them and everything with the voice because now oh, that he uses that's... now that he can use the voice on him, he basically emasculates him and strips him down of all his weapons. And, right. Uh, the Saint. It's like when you know Superman loses his powers in like Superman two or three or whatever <laughs> for a while and gets beat up at the bar. That's basically what this felt like to me. Yeah. So he disarms him. Puts him in the back of the armored truck and drives him to Angelville. Angelville. Yeah, we do. And I do remember this, seeing this sign the first watch when they're and when he's driving it. I do have to say the first watch of this, I missed. I missed that. Um, and I have to say, even on the second watch, the sign passes pretty quickly and it's yeah. dark. But on the third li- watch, you got it. <laughs> no. Well, no. Uh, well, my second watching of this, I literally like. I caught Ainge right in the sign, like, and it was dark and I literally had to go back and like pause it and go like, am I right? Is that Angelville? And it, so the sign does pass kind of quickly. So it's something easy to miss, but he drives him to Angelville. And, and and uh, why? I mean, he's basically now on grandma's property, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty close. But, but here's my thing is I think he knows, I think he knows that area. Right. So, he knows a deep part of the swamp. He knows yeah, a place. But man, that's up. a little too close for comfort. Right. And the thing is, he drives him there in the armored car. Um, he puts a brick on the gas pedal and sends it into the, the bayou, right? And it sinks to the bottom with the saint in, in, locked in the back. But here's my question. How do you get home? <laughs> he walked. Okay. It's the, and they, the it's next shot said, of his, him walking off. And I think he's supposed to look like a badass, but at this point, I'm just thinking, man, Jesse is horrible. But here, but here's my thing: in the book, Angelville is 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 you're told Angelville is on the border between um, nor uh, between Louisiana and Texas, right? Um, I don't know if they if we've said that about Angelville uh, in the show, mm-hmm. so that might be different. But in the comic book, it is literally on the border of Texas and and. Uh, I bet it's closer in this show, and yeah, I bet it's you know. I'm just saying, fifteen minute Orleans, drive tops. from New Orleans to the border of Texas. You don't walk that. I'm guessing That's... because of the voodoo shop guy, New Angelville. It's fifteen minute drive. Okay, for the show, I, mm-hmm. which I'm willing to give you. And it's in one of those. It's a it's a TV logistics thing that you just have to let go. Yeah, like maybe, maybe he it doesn't called, matter where it is. 
yeah, maybe he called Tulip and Cass and was like, come pick me up. And they, <laughs> and, they and they do or whatever, yeah, you know, right. whatever. So, um, he gets back home, yeah. but yeah, before, but I got to stop you there because we're too late in this episode and we've done enough Jesse bashing, but you know, I had complained and said that, you know, him punching Reggie for no reason in the previous episode was like what really made me see you know a point of no return for jesse but man the thing what he's doing to the saint like i am all on i'm team saint of killers on this one and the funny thing is it made me realize even though he's like the butcher of gettysburg and all this stuff i've never seen him as a bad guy and even while reading the comics like he's no the saint how you understand his motivation right and and, and and he's a better man than Jesse. Just like when he bested him by accidentally, you know, the truck accidentally ran into the scene right. and feeling like Jesse's right. just getting lucky and doesn't deserve it. You know, Jesse's being a shit to him and and promised him he'd send him to have him and took it back, saying you're never going to see your wife and kid again. You're never going to have him like you wanted. Right. And instead, I'm going to put you in a swamp. Seriously. Yeah. And and <laughs> and the, the thing is, even even in the comic book, um. We're told that, you know, before he met his wife and had his kid, that he was, you know, the butcher of, of right. whatever, or whatever, Gettysburg, right? Yeah. The Civil War and whatever. Yeah. And then he'd done all these horrible things. We're told that, but we don't see it. What we mm-hmm. see is him with his wife and daughter, lovingly, mm-hmm. right? We see him try to save them yeah. by going into Ratwater. We see him turn around on his way home with the medicine, turns around to go back to Ratwater to take care of the people that took care of him, mm-hmm. you know, on his way there. Right. Right. And then shit ensues and he had, and he kills everybody in Ratwater. Yeah. Right. But his motivation is not evil. Right. Right. It's, it's completely understood. And even in the show, what we see of him, like, yeah, he's bad and he's killer and this and that, but his motivation is like, they killed my family. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you're kind of, no, I'm with you. I'm uh, saying the killers is one of my favorite um, characters in the yeah. show too. And I, and yeah, I'm kind of, I'm with you. I'm team saying the killers too. I mean, I mean, Jesse's just being nothing but cruel at this point, not only just not sending him to heaven and that whole thing, but talking shit about it to his face, emasculating him, putting him in the truck and putting him in a swamp for what? Why? <laughs> just to be yeah. a dick. Right. So, I mean, well, what else is he going to do with him? He can't send him to heaven, obviously. Well, use the he can't voice send... to send him off to do something else. Use him, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, Make yeah, him yeah. your buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Make him, you're my bodyguard you, now. You How about work that? For, you work for me now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a... you will protect me now. He's pretty right? useful. Yeah, done. Four Padres, you protect me now. Oh, yeah. How hard <laughs> is that? Like, oh, I'm going to take this awesome weapon and I'm just going to throw it away. And instead, later, I'm going to, like, make four cops, four bumbling idiot cops my my employees. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. I'm with you. I'm with you. The last scene we get in this, just to wrap it up, because, God, we've gone a long time on one episode. Um, the last scene we get is Jesse back at home and he's hiding uh, the Santa Killer's guns and sword. Burying uh, them in the bathroom. Burying them under the bathroom floor. Right. Right. Um, and that's where this episode ends. Yeah. Um, so, very good. but the, and, and then, you know, of course, we neglected to mention that the burying of, or the swamping of the saint and the burying of guns is, you know, he's lying. He's going to lie to Tulip about this for some fucking reason. I never understood. 
I never understood his motivation for why he put the saint in the swamp and then lied about it. Like he doesn't, he ceases to make sense to me at this point in the season. Yeah, that is, that is a kind of problem with this season. Uh, yeah. Cause there's so much you could have done with the saint. The saint of killers is invincible and can kill anything. He's maybe the perfect... not now that he's got a soul. Well, no, he's probably, no, still, he's I... still, yeah, yeah. You're probably no, I... right. Yeah. So he's the perfect weapon. Use him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. The, how, why you don't use him, I don't understand. Um, when you bury him in the swamp, are you sure that that thing's not going to fill with water and he's going to die? Which would send him to hell, which you don't <laughs> want to do. Right. So but and even if you are, so he's down there. What for eternity or until the armored car itself uh, <laughs> dissolves right in the swamp? Like, or he gets out and comes after you, motherfucker. That's what I was expecting uh, to happen. Exact- like, oh, oh, yeah. I, I see no reason that he can't eventually get out of there. <laughs> yeah, you know, and we see later on in the season, he's down there just punching the door. Yeah. And and I'm a Doctor Who fan, so are you. We saw Doctor Who punch his way through fucking Diamond <laughs> over over billions of years, right? <laughs> so it's it's definitely doable for the Saint of Killers right. to punch his way out of this goddamn back of the car. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I'm with you on that. Like, Jesse... I just don't understand. Like, can you even tell me why? Why would he... Why? <laughs> well, I don't understand like the said, why of anything that he does. The, I don't know why he doesn't use him, but he can't send him to hell. He can't send him to heaven. He has to get him out of the way while he goes to find God, right? So, I mean, why not say sit in that chair and don't fucking move until I tell you to? Right. He doesn't have to bury him. He can... (sighs) Or when you bury him, you say, you stay right where you fucking land until I come and get you. And you're cool with this, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm your best buddy. You're not mad at me. How about that? How about that? So, um... You asked for this. This is your idea. I do have to say, I give it to the writers. just an idiot. You've mentioned this before, and I agree, and I give it to the writers. Writing a power like this can't be easy. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what he does, we can all say, why didn't you whatever. Right. Right? Because it is it is a power that rivals God. So create another universe. <laughs> right? We we don't we don't know if Jesse can be hurt. Right. We haven't seen Jesse get shot mm-hmm. or anything like that. And you would assume with this power, if, if the power isn't just the word, but it also is like rivals God, can he heal himself? We don't know that. Right. Right. So, yeah, I, this is a hard power to write. I it get is. It's, yeah. And like I said, I, I give them a lot of credit, but there are times where it's just, I mean, a one Padre or, you know, like we, yeah. it's more the things that frustrate us more, I think, are the times when he doesn't use it. Right. And yeah, or just use it stupidly. But I mean, okay. You know. (sighs) So, yeah. I'm with you. Um, Okay, so I got. No. That was it for you? Well. (laughs) Other than, are you ready to play (laughs) Finish That Lyric? Limerick. I'm so ready. Yeah. I'll play either of those games. Okay, that was a very exciting intro right there I did. <laughs> it, it was. I didn't even... Yeah, go. Bring so, it. now, I, I, I 
you know, I, I've only done this once before, <laughs> but that was a several episode leap. This one's a little harder for me because we just did one episode. Um, yeah. So there's not as much content. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to come up with two and I don't believe they're, they're very hard. Okay. Um, well, so I'm, you should be, you should be all right. I've proven, I've proven to be pretty, pretty okay at this. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And, and these, like I said, I don't think they're very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so let let's go. Here's the first one. You ready? Bring it on. Bring it on. Let's do it. No doubt the Sync of Killers is mean. Probably the worst that we've seen. Being a menace, he enters the door belonging to Dennis that is labeled number fourteen. Fourteen. <laughs> ah, very good. On my on my original watch of the series, I thought it was nineteen because mm-hmm. we see that one first. Um, but no, it's not. It's fourteen. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Like I said, these it's only one episode, so I didn't have a lot to pull from. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, okay, here's the second one. Let's see if you can go two for two. I'm ready. Shot, stabbed, electrocuted, and fried. With each death, just sighed. We say goodbye to our friend, whose time finally did end, with a tribute called... The Day the Dying Died. The Day the Dying Died. Which I cannot, now that we've said this, I've said this here, I can't believe we didn't talk about it in the episode, <laughs> because that is awesome. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> That's when, um, right after the scene of the killers comes into the house and, the, and our heroes have, have left, right? And they're having that conversation in the alley. We get a glimpse of the of the casino where right. you're working. And the marquee says, the day the dying died, a tribute to um, Ganesh. Right. Right? And... And they held on that a little long, right? Just I think just to make sure you read it, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But it was like it was very kind of fitting. Like I love the day the dying died. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So, well, Thomas, you well, went two for two. In finish that lyric, limerick, <laughs> limerick. <laughs> it's my show. I'll call it what I want. Yeah. Well, you also <laughs> stole my two my two trivia questions that I had for you, <laughs> which is, which is why we didn't talk about it. Either one of them during the show, I'm sure. Uh, right. Because both of us were like, Ooh, I can't say that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, do you have trivia questions or was that it? I did, but I had, you know, you, you, you took them away from me with your limericks. So we're, oh. we're running into a problem here. If we're both asking each other trivia questions. Yeah. And I, creates I, well, a problem. I, I, I also saw another problem with it too. Is is now that I know that trivia questions are going to be coming, I really pay attention to uh-huh. shit. Like as I'm watching, uh, uh, you know, this especially like this episode here was like the first time. Like yeah. I probably paused about twelve times during this episode to catch little shit. Like I literally wrote down. I have like a page of notes of like trivia notes. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I was going to make a limerick of this, and l- uh, let's see if you can answer this. Um, in the opening, he gets the soul from the people, and he takes it and he delivers it to the rich couple. What's the wife's name? Ah, shit. I don't remember her name. It's like Dolores or something. <laughs> he calls her Millie, but her name is Mildred. Okay. And I was So I was going to do a limerick with Millie. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the room is 14... The day of the dying die. Uh, oh, I was going to ask, but but I like that. It, it, like 
it, it actually lets us or gets us to watch it more closely. But I think we should maybe, if we're going to do it, we should probably take turns doing it because if we're canceling each other's trivia questions out. I agree. I agree. <laughs> okay, so so audience, we are like we're <laughs> litigating this on air. Um, but I agree with that. I had another one. I have a question, um, another question. Okay. Name two of the books that they used in the library. One was not, like, not American Psycho, Psychopaths. Uh-huh. One was, well, the main title was Blood! Exclamation point. But then it had a <laughs> subtitle. It was like America's Battles. Um, I was going to write down the name of the romance novel. That was actually going to be one of my trivia questions. I can't remember what that one was, but that was the one that made me laugh. Do you remember? Do you know the title of the romance novel? I do. Love Conquers All. <laughs> I, think was there was the another, I think there was another one, too. There was another one called yeah. A Hell's Butcher. Oh yeah, that was a good. But there was another romance novel too. I think he haven't even had an no, even more flowery they, title. No, they showed the romance novel twice, uh-huh. and I agree it was a different image. One was more flowery, uh-huh. but both of the titles were "Love Conquers All." Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, what was the name on the side of the armored vehicle? Oh, I know that one. Soul Happy Go Go. Soul Happy Go Go. <laughs> I didn't use that one because I because they put it up on the screen. Right. Right. And I was like, oh, Tom's going <laughs> to I wrote it down because I figured it was going to be a trivia question. Uh-huh. Um, and that's the thing is I got to stop. We I agree going forward. Let's go. Let's take turns. We'll yeah. do a trivia. We'll do a limerick. Um, and I promise just to watch the show. Right? <laughs> well, you can because... still watch for trivia because I because I know you won't be able to not pay attention to things just by nature. Right. You know? But I mean, like literally. You know, that flashes up on the screen and I'm like, pause, write <laughs> down, right? Um, I even have, I have like six notes on the next episode already for like trivia shit. <laughs> just so, to cover yourself. <laughs> just to cover myself. So now you're um, preparing for a test instead of taking notes just well, to talk about. No, half of me, I'm writing them down because at the end of the episode, I start thinking about limericks. And, and for that, I have to think about w- what works with rhymes. Mm-hmm. So I'll go through like, the trivia shit that I have written down and go like, yeah. Oh, I can rhyme easily with that. Right. Right. So, or like, Oh, that's too easy. That's mm-hmm. you no know, hard, whatever. So, um, but yeah. Okay. Agreed. We have to work on this for the future <laughs> episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there you go. So, um, well, I guess, I guess that's another episode. Yeah. So we got to figure out, you were talking about, uh, there's some things that, that the next three episodes cover, right? What were those? I think it's three or four episodes. Uh, we really get into the hair star and the grail. Um, we really get into, I can tell you like next episode is when the grail, we see hair stars rise to power and mm-hmm. we see what the grail really is. Right. So, so no longer are they the men in white. Um, they're the grail. Yeah. Right. I am excited it, about that. Yeah. And I, like I said, I watched that today and we'll talk about it next episode. I love the scene mm-hmm. of hair stars rise to power. I loved good. it the first time I watched it. I loved it this time. I I'll watch it again. It is I love that those scenes. Yeah. Um, but over I the next, every, I love him in every scene. Just he's great. He's one of those characters that has the always has a good line. You know, he's always funny. He's and he is what he is. And I have to say, um, from comic book to TV show, his character is just the same. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. his motivation is the same. You know, everything there's there's things that I remember from season two that of Hairstar that like uh, later on when he 
asks for for prostitutes and and he gets a male prostitutes um that happens in the book mm-hmm. right um so like a lot of a lot of his story is actually is actually very straight from the book mm-hmm. and the cool thing too is like in a comic you don't hear his voice necessarily where he talks but you know the way the actor plays it it just feels like it feels just right on oh yeah he is as as they all as all the actors for their characters are mm-hmm. he's perfect yeah he is that is you know hair star is hair star yeah. jesse is jesse cassidy's cassidy and from the book to the show they did an amazing job on casting yeah so yeah and so the next uh, next time we record i'm sure we're going to do three maybe four episodes we'll do a long jump um, because a lot of the Grail story happens starts next episode, and, and we see that play out for the next couple. Right. Um, so that's a big arc, I'm sure. Um, and then kind of winding down into the because if we do four episodes, six we're around six right now, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine, ten. There's 13 episodes in this season, so that mm-hmm. would take us to ten, which kind of ramps us up uh, for the finale. Man, right? I can't believe we're almost getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I expect, um, our our next, our next episode to be uh, a a giant leap. But like I said, like we said at the beginning, this one, we did one episode and it, it kind of fits this episode. If you watch, you know, what we just covered, this one doesn't fit with that. And if you watch the next episode, episode seven, it doesn't fit with that either. It's (laughs) this episode is a standalone. Yeah. And it seems that the the less we watch, the more we talk. <laughs> I do, it, we're at about an hour twenty minutes or so, maybe more here. Yeah, and which so, is our normal show uh, length for four episodes, <laughs> or three or four. We've episodes. been talking about we, we've talked about four episodes in like an hour, and now we're yeah. talking about one episode at like hour twenty, and but it's because we got like <laughs> now we got game shows going on. <laughs> well, okay, but, but you know. so yeah, we'll we'll watch either three or four, and uh, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, go you ahead. Can, uh, go ahead and say it. You can uh, find out next time of the preacher. No, see, I'm allowing. See, last episode I let you say it. I told you to say it this time, and then you made it weird. I love Just that you think it. you let me say it, like as I, if I'm not going to say it because you, if you didn't want me to say it. I have final edit. I do. I do the final edit. Yeah, but I publish, so I can always re-edit. <laughs> Say it. There's <clears throat> not final edit until the the person publishes the episode. Say it. I already did. We hope you enjoyed this edition of American Psychopaths. Join us next time for Chapter Fifty Eight, Dick Cheney. All right. 